Welcome to the only psychology podcast you'll ever need. Hello, I'm your host, Logan, and I'm here today with my co-host, Quasar. Today, we have a very special guest. He is the number one psychologist in the world, according to Totally Legit Medical Professionals slash Facebook.com. With us today, we have Dr. Dignard. Thank you for inviting me on, onto your podcast. I'm very glad to be here. We are happy to hear that. We just have a couple questions for you today. First thing we want to know is what got you into psychology? Hmm. Well, I was first interested in psychology when I took a psychology class in grade 10. Shortly after that class ended, I decided to drop out of high school. Uh, now I'm here. Well, uh, that's interesting, but I'm um, okay. Uh, I guess let's just talk about some 10th grade psycho- psychology. Okay, so from your 10th grade knowledge of psychology, what can you tell us about how we think? Well, I have one very great example about free will and determinism. For this, I will use Western and Eastern societies. Firstly, when the Enlightenment happened inside Western society itself, the old feudalistic outview and rigid hierarchy soon evaporated and let loose a system of metocracy upon Western civilization. And this encouraged free will. But this free will took form in getting better skills. And never before in the Western Europe's history has the metocracy government system been this prevalent before and with this happening free will came and people worked hard to improve their skills which further improved their free will and this has led to enormous inventions from the west such as you know better boating technology better farming technology because of the free will thinking and on the other hand of determinism we look at eastern societies Uh, One great example is China with its Confucius values and Japan too. In these societies, the social hierarchy is much more rigid, as you can see. This happened with, in Japan, ranging from the emperor, who was a godlike figure, to the outcasts. You know, tanners and all these people. These people were stuck in their social class. And not that I say they didn't have inventions, but at the same time, they didn't have the level of innovation, such as these Western civilizations that had these free will thinking. And in these societies, they had a much more conforming attitude towards everything in society based on these rigid structures, which made them think they have to stay in their own caste. Uh, on this thought of free will and determinism, thank you. What do you think free will and determinism has to do with people? Like how from a baby and when they grow older? Huh. That's the thing. When you're a baby, you listen to your parents because they want to pass down your advice. But when you grow older, that's where these two societies collide. In Western world, we value free will, which is your choice. Your choice is on life. But in Eastern societies you grow up, it's more determined. It's what others choose for you. That's why there's a much higher prevalence of, you know, arranged marriages inside these Eastern societies themselves than in Western ones. That's because inside the society you're raised in, you either are born with free will meaning your choice, or a determinist structure, which is what other what choices others choose for you. So are you saying that parents are usually the only ones who are uh, determining stuff for other people? 
Of course not. Society at large, parents and friends do that too. But in these Western worlds, you have much more freedom and in part of those choices. You can choose what you want, but in these rigid, determinist environment societies, you are very stuck in that structural thing, which leads to massive amount of depression, anxiety, such as some studies I can list if you want. No, I think we're good for that. Um, is there any other things that you can talk about about thinking? Hmm. It can be, I think there is one. Consciousness and unconsciousness. I'll explain this more. Consciousness is what you're aware of and how it affects you. And unconsciousness is what you're not aware of and how it affects you. You can consciously think you want to do something right, but unconsciously could be thinking something entirely different. Such as, consciously, you're helping somebody. You think that you're helping them, but perhaps in that time, unconsciously, at the back of your mind, you have suspicions against them. That's, but that's normal human nature. That's all that I have about that subject, though. I see. And um, I know that from personal experience, when something happens to me, I learn from my mistakes. Does that have anything to do with psychology? Yes, actually. That's uh, what happens to your brain is when you experience something like this, it is, your brain learns it positive reinforcement or as in the psychology world, we call it behaviorism. We learn from positive experiences and tend to imitate those. And from negative experiences, we tend to imitate the opposite of it. Such as you go down a sketchy, you go down a sketchy back road, you get shot. You're probably not going to do that again because of that negative experience. That makes sense. I would definitely not go down that alleyway again. Exactly. Unless you got shot in the head. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You have no other choice, but you know. <laughs> That's true. Okay, after this quick break, we'll go on to topic two, how we behave. Hello, guys, and we're back with How We Behave with Dr. Dignard. Actually, call me Dr. D. Okay, Dr. D. Uh, introducing How We Behave, I heard of something called behaviorism and an experiment called Pazos Dog. I don't fully understand it. If you know something about it, I would like you to explain more on I know that, just that experiment. I know just that. I'm going to tell you what it is. So, Pavlov's Dog is basically an experiment which... Pavlov, a Russian guy, you know, Russians in their experiments. But what happened was he starved these dogs. And then what happened was he used this bell. And whenever he was going to feed these dogs, he rung the bell first, then brought in food. The dogs then associated this bell with something positive. That is, and that's what we call inside the psychological world, classical conditioning. You condition someone classically, just like you condition a dog to sit with treats. You condition a dog to eat with, with a bell ring when you starve them. Easy as that, right? I saw something similar to this in an episode of The Office. If you haven't seen it yet, you should check it out. What is an office? It is this TV show. It is very good. Ah, I will not see that show. Well, I tried. Okay, let's go on to another part of this. Um, actually, there's actually something from uh, the previous thing I talked about. Consciousness and unconsciousness. Such as, I'll tell you something about. Even though in Western society, we may be a free will society... Even though, sorry, I lost my voice there, train it hot, you know, all that stuff. Inside Western society, even though we are more of a free will society, we still have conscious and unconscious decisions we make, such as submission to the group. We make that unconsciously. So there's this uh, video on YouTube that I, I don't remember, but it's basically where everyone inside an elevator was staring at the back of it. Pretty abnormal. But 
there was one lady in the front and she was felt so, you know, against the pack. So she slowly but surely began to turn where everyone else was turning. The back of the elevator. That shows something unconscious. But something conscious would be like, oh, I don't want to look at everybody today. So you put, you put on a separate piece of clothes and they make you look different. That's something you consciously make. While submission to the group is something unconscious, like in that video of that girl doing the most abnormal thing and looking at the back of the elevator. So that really shows how your mind can unconsciously do something yeah. that wants to make you fit into yeah. the crowd. Yes, yes. I also have something. I think you might know this, but it's the psychoanalytic theory of personality, a.k.a. This has ID, ego, and superego. This is made by Sigmund Freud, one of my favorite authors. Can you uh, go into more depth about that? Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, more about it is, I'll go into the ID, ego, and superego part in case you don't know. And I'll tell you more about Sigmund Freud. ID is the pleasure principle. This makes you do what feels right, regardless of the consequences. So think of your heart acting for you. Your ego is the reality principle. And it weighs the pluses and negatives of committing that decision. And your superego is the ideals and morals in your conscious that infl inflict that decision. This all comes together in what I call a Freudian pyramid. It's all my own personal invention. All right. Well, that has been our podcast today. And thank, uh, thank you oh, all wait, for wait. listening. You might also know that I might be a College 10 dropout, but I also have my own site called Matthew Dr. D's Wonderful advertisement agency where i talk about inclusively good topics which improves my iq by tenfold 